Well, hey, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, man, I'm glad you guys are here. Welcome to Alive Family Church. Uh, we are in a brand new series this morning, kicking it off for the month of February titled, Wait Till I Get My Money Right. Someone say that with me. Say, wait till I get my money right. Man, we are going to have so much fun the next few weeks and just want to give you guys a couple disclaimer up early on here. I, I thought it'd be appropriate to announce this. Uh, number one, this isn't some kind of biblical get-rich-quick scheme kind of series, all right? Um, this series is not a money grab. The church does not need your money. The church is not going to take up a special offering in week four with high emotional pressure and arm twisting, and we're just going to wait until we get a certain number here, until somebody drops something in the bucket type thing. I apologize if you've been a part of those kind of moments. Uh, there isn't some big capital campaign coming on the tail heels in the next few months off of this series, all right? Um, we're not selling miracle water or Dead Sea mud promising to heal you. And at no point during this series will we say, you should sow a seed of $7,000 so we can send you seven blessings, all right? Everybody cool? There's been some funky stuff on TV and different things here. And everybody has a different uh, take and approach when we start talking about money. But here's the deal. We are not going to shy away from God's timeless truths in his word when it comes of how to manage our money, all right? And uh, let's just address the elephant in the room. People get funky when you start talking about money in church. Like, seriously, you can talk about almost anything in church. They're like, oh, man, here comes a money series. People start clinching up. It's like, bro, are you constipated? No, we're just talking about money, right? And the other funky thing is some of you don't show up, right? I might be preaching to the choir, right? But like, oh, they're talking about money. I'll see you in March. You know what I'm saying? Pastor, how dare you start talking about my money? I, I, get, I get where you're coming from, but the good news is I'm not, we're not talking about your money this series. We're talking about God's money, all right? And that's going to make a lot more sense in a few moments as we talk. But actually, God has a lot to say about money and possessions. When Jesus walked the planet, he often taught in parables. Those are like stories for us to connect the illustration. And we have in the Gospels 38 recorded parables. Well, 16 of the 38 recorded parables deal with money and possessions. One in every 10 verses in the Gospels is about money. And if you look at the entirety of the Bible, there's over 500 verses on prayer, which we teach on a lot here yearly, right? There's over, uh, or there's a less than about 500 verses on faith, and we teach a lot on faith here, but there's more than 2,000 verses in the Bible that deal with money and possessions. And so when we look at the context of all this, man, God is not silent on this topic, nor should we be in the church. And as I was preparing, uh, I've been doing a lot of preparing this week and this month, kind of leading up to this series We've been a church for about six and a half years. I said, Lord, how have we done as far as discipling your people when it comes to biblical financial stewardship? He said, pretty lousy. When I looked at it, we've done two series over six and a half years. We've done two series, one three-weeker and one two-weeker, one back in 2018 and one back in 2021. Many of you guys weren't even a part of our church at that time. That's six total messages on it. That's four hours of teaching on a Sunday on it. That is six out of a total possible 316 Sundays. When I did the math, if you're a numbers person, that is 0.01%, not 0.1%, 0.01% we've taught about biblical stewardship. So how many of you guys know we have some room to grow in this area, amen? And shame on us for being silent about it. 
As you guys know, if you've been with us since the start of the new year here in our 21 days of prayer and fasting, the word that, is, the, the word that the Lord has really dropped on our hearts is the word alignment. And I believe with everything I've got that God is aligning our lives both personally and our church for him to move in some pretty supernatural ways. And, and one thing he wants to bring alignment to, if we're honest, is our finances, an alignment of how we relate with and manage and maximize God's money. And so, side note, I'm not a financial expert. I apologize for that, all right? I'm not a financial expert. I'm not going to claim to be. I don't have millions of dollars in my bank accounts yet, in Jesus' name, right? I, I, don't, I don't have all of the answers, but I do know this. I've spent time in God's Word. I've seen God's timeless truths work over and over and over again. I can't explain it on a spreadsheet of how it always works, but God's word works. Amen? And so from the place of biblical authority is how I'm teaching this uh, uh, series. There's many of you that might be sitting here on the other side of the screen that could get up here and teach us about how to manage our money a whole lot better than I do. So I'm not claiming to have all the answers or know anything or be this expert, but I have seen God move in some pretty powerful ways. And when we put his word to the test, God comes through, amen? And so we're gonna lean into what he has for us today. I've also been spending a lot of time in his word and reading books and listening to podcasts. I think we have a picture here. This isn't a brag, but the, the, my, my wife and kids would say, Dad, what are you doing? I have this brown paper bag that I've been carrying around with me everywhere I go, and it's full of all these books. The first one is the Bible, but if you're looking for some good uh, content to help, uh, you know, help you supplement this series, uh, I've got a couple books there that you can, you know, later on you can take a picture of that online, but uh, The Blessed Life by Pastor Robert Morris. There's some financial ones. Dave Ramsey and Ramsey uh, Corporation has some really good just practical tools there. There, there are so many resources out there, but man, I've been living, like, I've been like stuck in the books this week, all right? So I apologize if I'm locked and loaded and like really on top, but I know without a shadow of my doubt that God wants to do something powerful in our lives through this series, amen? And I believe that this would be a financial series like none other that you've ever experienced before, where God literally breaks off the spirit of mammon, breaks off the spirit of materialism, breaks off the spirit of greed and consumerism, breaks some things off that the world has allowed, and we've allowed the world to get on us, even inside the church, and say, God, we want what's best, and we want your way more than our way, amen? And so if you're a first-time guest or visitor today, or maybe you're new to your faith, or this is kind of your first or second visit, just know we don't talk about finances barely at all, right? For those of you guys that are regulars, we don't ever do series hardly on this. Um, and, and this is mainly primarily for uh, those that call a live family church home. But if you're new or you're looking for a church home or you're just stumbled upon this online, I believe God has got something for you too. So don't unhook. I will unapologetically say, though, I believe with everything that's within me, that this series has the power to literally change your life, to change your family, to change your legacy, and to change the kingdom of God, not only in your life, but in our community and across the world. Amen? If we lean in. So what I want to encourage you is lean in. Challenge you to show up, to lean in, to not throw in the towel. and not say, oh, well, I'm not interested in this. Or I don't want God messing with this. I already got issues here. I don't need his, I don't need God's nose and hands sticking in here. All right, get out of here, right? No, let's just be open. We'll say, God, what is your plan when it comes to money and wealth and finances? What does your word say? And how can I do it better? Because here's what I know. 
I'm still learning every single day in my life. How about, how about you guys? I'm learning new things every single day, and I know that God's not done with us yet. As Erica said, I believe he's just getting started with this body of believers. And when we begin to align our lives onto his word in this area, I believe the floodgates of heaven are going to be open, and we're going to see so much more eternal kingdom impact and life change than we've already seen today. Amen? And so here's why I believe, though, that this is such a timely series for us. I want to go to a scripture that the Lord really dropped on my heart this week. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 5. Paul's writing to a young minister, Timothy, and he says, hey, in the last days, there's going to be some stuff going on. Check it out. In verse 1 of 2 Timothy 3, he says, but, I, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, hello, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. Everyone say hello. Yikes. In the last days there's going to be perilous times and people are going to be lovers of money. Other translations say money hungry. Another translation says obsessed with money. Other translations say aroused with an inordinate, greedy desire for wealth. Hello. We, and, and the Bible's warning us, God's warning us, we're going to have to fight oh, against this. This is going to be something, this is going to be a spirit in our world that's going on in the last days, which we believe we're in, that we're going to have to push against. The other interesting term when I began to study it was, it said, in the last days there'll be perilous times. If you study out the original Greek for that term, perilous times, it translates stressful times. Anybody feeling any financial stress or stretching in their lives right now? I know, I know a lot of families, a lot of people, could, if you're honest, would raise your hand and say, oh my gosh, I am feeling some stress financially. What the heck's going on with our economy? What's going on with this world? Here's what I know. God doesn't want us to be stressed. He wants us to be blessed. Amen. He really does, and, and I believe through the power of his word, he'll help us with this love of money, this pursuit of money, this, this, which with, with it comes a lot of stressful times. Real quickly, I, I think we all don't live under a rock, but in case you do, um, uh, sorry, bad joke, where's my drummer, right? Um, the condition of money in America is a disaster. Can we just, I don't have it for the screen because there's too many and it didn't fit right, but just listen here. 80% of Americans say inflation has an impact on their day-to-day finance. I would say that's higher than that, right? We got a 40-year record high inflation back in 2022 of 9.1%. That's affecting things, right? 74% of Americans say they are stressed out about their finances. 62% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 33% of Americans have no savings at all. Zero, nada, zilch. 50% of Americans have less than one month of their income saved up for emergencies. 57% of households don't actually have a budget. Over half don't even know where their money's going. 42% of people in the United States aren't saving for retirement. 77% of American households have at least some type of debt. The average American debt per U.S. adult is $58,604. 45 million Americans currently have student loan debt with the average debt per borrower at 38 38,792. Nearly one in three of Americans pay just the minimum on their credit card every single month. And 61% of all divorces say the cause of divorce was over money issues. 
Someone say, wait till I get my money right. Wait till I get my money right. I, I believe God is waiting for us to get our money right. According to God's word, as we're going to see this month, there's a right and there's a wrong way to handle what he's entrusted to our care and our stewardship. I love this quote from Billy Graham. He said, if a person can get their attitude about money right or straight, it will help straighten out almost every other area in his life. And we believe this with everything about us. This isn't a money series. It's more as a, a heart change, a heart transformation, a, an alignment of every area of our lives. Because we're going to see here in the next few minutes together how important and how strong the connection is between our money and our hearts. And God's after our hearts. Amen. He wants all of our hearts. He wants every part of our heart. And so, man, when we align things financially, it seems to take care of a lot of other issues in our lives. And so to do that, we have to have the proper mindset, right? We have to have the proper perspective when we think about money, when we approach money, when we come to God about money. You know, back in the 90s, I grew up in the 90s. Anybody else grew up in the 90s? Maybe my day, a lot of some of you parented in the 90s, praise God, right? Or your grandparent in the 90s. B.C., Back in the 90s, B.C., before Christ, all right, before Christ, Snoop Dogg used to say this, and maybe you guys can help me with this. He said, I've got my mind on my money and my money on my mind, all right? Some of y'all need to get saved like me again, all right? So, all right, Snoop Dogg ain't a prophet, but let's be real. He got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. So if you're taking notes today, the title of number one, week one, is Money on my mind. Amen? Because let's be honest, a lot, of day, a lot of times, a lot of days, money is on our mind. We're stressing about it. We're wondering about it. We're trying to get more of it. We're trying to make it work. We're trying to know what God wants to do in all of this, and we want to do it in the right perspective with the right heart posture. And so we're going to go to God and his word this morning to learn. Would you guys join me as we pray real quick, and we're going to jump in real quickly to a couple things he wants us to leave with today. Father, we love you so much. We know you are God and Lord of everything, Father God. We come to you in faith this morning. We ask you to teach us, show us, lead us in a way that is everlasting. Lead us in your word today. Let your truth reign in our hearts and our minds today. As we put our mind on our money and our money is on our mind, Father God, we pray that we would have the proper perspective Lord, if there's some of us here that need a shift in perspective, need to see things from a different angle or lens, Holy Spirit, minister to us today. We want to win at finances. We want to be a force for your kingdom, Lord God. We want your hand of blessing upon our pocketbooks and our checkbooks and our storehouses, Father God. We want to do it your way. And so, Holy Spirit, rid us of anything of the world or anything of our way, any selfish ambition, any materialism, any consumerism, any spirit of mammon that has clung to our hearts and our lives, Father God. We ask you to break it right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody agrees, said, amen. So for the remainder of our time together, guys, we're going uh, to talk about four mindsets that we have to get right when it comes to money. So if you're taking notes, we're talking about four mindsets that we need to have to all get on the same page before we actually get into the weeds this month and go through some of the nitty-gritty of our finances, all right? We've got to be on the same level playing field if we're going to understand how to do it God's way. The first one is this. Number one, it's God's money, not our money. This one hurts. Amen. You're like, but your flesh is like, heck no. Yeah, preach it. No, don't preach it. Ah, I don't like that. Something like some of you just don't like that right now, right? It's God's money, not our money. Where, where do we get that? Let's go to God's word. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, 
and the world and those that dwell therein. Over in Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, the Lord says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Psalm 50, verse 10 and 11, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts are mine. What does this mean, church? This means that everything you and I have in our lives is on loan from God. Amen? Pretty quiet in here. We're talking about money. It's getting real personal. Amen? Everything we have in our lives is on loan from God, almighty creator of everything. Everything on this planet, in the fullness of it, is God's. And a lot of times, we don't like this mindset. Because we're like, no, man. No, I made that money. I worked that overtime. I hustled that deal. I made that business proposal. Yes, you did. But who in God's great earth allowed you to have the knowledge, the wisdom, the favor, the blessing, the being in the right place at the right time, the job that you have? Who did it? God, right? When we, when we step back a couple steps, we, got, we have to humble ourselves and be like, oh my gosh, I am where I'm at because where God has gotten me, Amen. Yes, you have to part, there's natural and supernatural. You can't just sit there and expect God to grow a money tree in your backyard and be financially set. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. You got to put your hand to something so he can bless it. You can't bless what you don't put your hand to. But who allowed you to have that job? Who allows you to make that salary? Who allows you to have those witty creative ideas? The one and the creator of all, amen? The b- very breath that we breathe today as we're singing and worshiping and preaching the word is borrowed breath. All the gifts you have, all the talents you have, your personality, your work ethic, the house you have and live in, the car you drive, the kids that you've been blessed to raise, guess who they really are? It's the Lord's, and we just get to steward and manage what God loans to us for a season to watch how faithful we are with it. Wow. So God has given you everything you have in your life, whether you realize it or not. Yes, your paycheck has your name on it. And yes, your paycheck is direct deposited into your bank account. I get that. But who allowed you to make that paycheck? Who allowed you to be at that employer? Who's blessed you with the blood in your veins and the breath in your lungs and the vibrancy and the creativity that you've got and the gifting that you have? It is Lord God Almighty in heaven. And when we begin to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the Lord and say, God, Everything I have is actually not mine, it's yours, it's on loan. It helps us approach it with not a tight fist. You know what I'm saying? What are the, like, some of the first words that kids learn after mom and dad Mine. Right? You look in another room and the kids are fighting and it's usually some younger kid pulling on a toy from an older kid or older brother and it was a toy that he was done playing with but then he saw the younger one go and what did he do? He said, no, I want to use it. Mine. No. And then he goes and puts that down and picks up another one. Mine right? Mine, right? And the Lord says the gold and the silver are mine, right? So we have to put them in his proper place if we're going to do finances his way, right? I mean, like this church building, this isn't our church building, this is God's church building. The seats we're sitting on this morning, these aren't our seats, these aren't our chairs, they're God's chairs, amen? The car you drive, yeah, whether it's great, awesome, fully loaded, brand new, or barely hanging on, muffler dragon, it's his come on yeah i saw some hands right it's god's all right and so we have to get it settled in our mind that god is the owner of everything 
And if you do a full exhaustive study of Scripture, never once do you see that God has ever surrendered his ownership to us. He gives us stewardship, and we're going to talk a lot about that next week. That's a different word. He gives us authority to be the, uh, and enforce our authority on earth, but he never has given and transferred his ownership of all the stuff to us. It's always on loan to us. Amen? And so you will find tons of verses in the Bible about stewardship that we are simply managing God's money. And so as we approach the topic of money this month, if we can all be on the same page in point one, realizing that it is not our money, it's God's money. So we can go to God and his word to see how does he want us to manage his money versus what do we get to do with our money. Does that make sense? That will help us release a little bit because a lot of times we cling, we have that mind, 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 spirit, and God, then we begin to come more like this and say, God, whatever, I'm just a conduit and you can flow through me and use me in however you want. Amen? And we're going to see how powerful that is. Everyone say, money on my mind. It definitely is, right? Second mindset we need to grasp, number two is, Money isn't evil, it's a tool. Money isn't evil, it's a tool. Where do we get that? Well, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Many are familiar with this verse. It says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So many people say, well, isn't, isn't money the root of all evil? And it's like, no, you didn't read that scripture right. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil, but money in it of itself is not evil. Money is neutral. Money is amoral. It does not have morals. It's neither good nor bad. Money is what we do with it makes it either good or bad, right? Money in the hands of a generous person can do great good. And money in the hands of an evil, wicked heart or a selfish heart can do a lot of harm, amen? But the money itself is not evil or bad. But the pursuit, the consumption, when we, when we have a love for money, what does that mean? That means, man, we are, we are chasing money. We are going after money with all costs, right? We are, we're reprioritizing our life. We're making only decisions based on it. We're, we're trying to just get more of it, right? Money is a tool. It's a resource that God entrusts us to manage, maximize, and multiply, which we're going to talk more about it. But, man... I mean, if money was evil, then Jesus should have stayed away from it, right? But as you look in the Gospels, Jesus had a money box. And guess who, guess who guarded his money box? Judas, which we know, yeah, that was a bad hire, right? <laughs> you talk to HR about that one, right? But you don't need a money box unless you got money. Je- Jesus had money. Jesus had a lot of money. His ministry spread. and all. He wasn't about money. He preached so much against the dangers of loving money all over the place, but Jesus had money. You don't need a money box without money, right? And I believe this is why Jesus taught so much on the dangers of money, because he knew the power and the grip it can have in our hearts and our lives and lead us astray. Just like we read in that scripture, many have left the faith or shipwrecked their faith because they've chased the wrong thing. They've been chasing paper instead of the God who made the paper, amen? They've been chasing bank accounts and increases and bonuses instead of the God and serving God with the gifts that they've been given and letting God work out the details, amen? And so when we get it out of order, it, it makes things a mess, right? And so money isn't evil, it's, it's just a tool. Everyone say that, money isn't evil, it's a tool, right? And so for some of us, I believe God's going to bring much healing and restoration this month when it comes to the subject of money. Because we all relate with money in different ways, and we all grew up relating with money 
in different ways, right? Maybe, maybe you're here and you grew up with a poverty or scarcity mentality. Like money was never around. Money was like, ugh, it was the reason you couldn't do this or couldn't have this nice thing or everybody else is doing this, but ugh, we don't have the money, right? And so it was this negative thing and you actually have this bitterness, this, this anger, this fear, this, this anxiety. When we start saying the word money, something on the inside of you starts like, what the heck is that? And, and I don't know if I'll ever be able to line up to what you're talking about that is a, a spirit not from God. Amen? And I believe God wants to break that off. I believe he wants to give you peace of mind and peace of heart, knowing that, hey, everything's going to be okay. Money itself is not evil. It's just what happens in our heart when we think about it in our minds. But God wants to get that right this series. Amen? For some of you, maybe you either grew up with a lack of money or an abundance of money, either spectrum. But because of that, you grind, you grind, you grind, you grind, and you just chase more and increase and increase and increase because you know it brings you some kind of fulfillment or satisfaction. I believe that this month God's going to release that grip, that hold that money has on your life, and you begin to see it more as a resource, as a tool, and saying, God, how do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with it? How do you want me to use it? Amen? The good news is, though, guys, we don't have to be afraid of money or avoid money, which leads me to our third mindset that we just need to settle real quick, and this is number three. God doesn't mind us having money. Some people are like, oh, that's awkward too, right? God doesn't mind us having money. Another perspective we need to keep in mind is God wants us blessed. The character of our God and having the one who owns it all, the silver is his, the gold is his, the cattle on a thousand hills is his, he wants his children blessed. He's not against riches. He's against us loving and pursuing riches with everything we've got. When our riches become our focus, we get our eyes off of God and the one that helps us and onto a spirit that is not healthy, and he knows how quickly that can shipwreck us. What does he say in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 and 19? He says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty or, or prideful, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Somebody smile in church when we're talking about money. Amen. He wants us to be blessed richly, all things enjoy, to do good. Why? That they'll be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. This blessed to be a blessing concept, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. An important mindset we must grab grasp when it comes to money is this. God does not mind us having money. He minds money having us. I think that's what we really have to settle in our hearts. God wants us blessed, but he doesn't want money to have us. When money has us, we're consumed with it. When money has us, we're obsessed with it. When money has us, we're motivated and only motivated by money. We take a job only because of the salary, not because of the work hours or what that will do for our family or like all of those rhythms. We only take it because we want more. We're motivated. We're led by it. We have an overly deep awareness of it, and we just want more, more, more of it, or we want more of what it can buy for us. This is a dangerous slope, and it's a very slippery slope when we get on it. God says in his word, don't be prideful. Don't be selfish. Don't trust in uncertain riches because he knows that's going to get us in trouble. However, as you study the scripture, we also see that it's God's will for us not to be poor, beggars, barely get by Christians. 
Nowhere in the Word of God do we see that. And if, if you're not convinced that God wants His children blessed, would you come on a quick Scripture journey with me for like a couple minutes here? Is that okay? Can we go to God's Word real quick? I'm going to go through these real quick. Man, I could preach each one of these in a message. If you struggle with the idea that God wants you blessed, listen to His words from His Word. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created a male and female. He created him. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. The first thing our daddy God does after he creates Adam and Eve is what? Blesses them. Not curses them, not says don't do anything. No, I want you to be blessed, have an abundance in your life so you can be a blessing to other people. The principle of first mentioned in Bible studies is huge. The first time man shows up on the scene, God's like, just want you to know you're blessed. In case you forgot it, in case you haven't been walking in the blessing or your bank account and your student loan debt and all that stuff that's been stressing you out hasn't made that, God still wants you blessed. Amen? God's word is eternal. Second scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Not only is God who wants us to be blessed and have wealth, he's the one that gives us the power to get it, the ability to get it, the, the wisdom, the witty ideas, the, the promotion, the, the opportunities to earn an income. God is the one that gives us the power to do that, not the enemy. Amen? Now, the enemy likes to twist it and pervert it and get us overly focused on it, and that's a ditch that a lot of us fall in. But in and of itself, God loves his children being blessed God isn't mad if we're wealthy, if we have the right heart about us. We're going to talk about that in just a second on our last point. But my goodness, if we get it twisted and we begin to focus and put, God, put money on the altar of our heart, that's when things get a little messy, right? Let's take a look at another scripture. Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Someone say, woo! Let them shout for joy and be glad. This is a good thing. What, what's a good thing? Who, who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God has pleasure in the prospering of his servant. Anybody a servant of God here? I know I am, according to the word of God. He has pleasure when his servants prosper. Prosperity doesn't just refer to money. We get in a ditch there too, all right? When you study out the Greek word, or the Hebrew word, I'm sorry, because it's in, in Psalms. When you study out the Hebrew word for prosperity, it's actually the word shalom. It means safety, welfare, health, prosperity, peace, and rest. God loves it when his servants walk in that, when our financial state walks in that. Amen? Third John chapter 2. You guys all doing good? I'm just preaching the word this morning. Is that okay? Because I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of financial wisdom to give you, but I know God does. Amen. Third John chapter two says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. We looked at this one a few months ago in our Oh My Soul series. Remember that one? God wants us to prosper spirit, soul, and body in the supernatural and in the natural. Amen. And John chapter 10, verse 10, my go-to. Why did Jesus come? So that we could be mountains in debt, barely holding on, barely getting by, paycheck to paycheck, stressed out, not sure what to do. Is that why Jesus came? John 10.10, 10, the thief does not come to steal, kill, and destroy. Whew. 
But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen? Jesus wants us to live in abundance. Not to be greedy, not for selfish gain or conceit, but to be blessed, to be a blessing. You can't give generously if you don't have anything. Amen? And so there's a disconnect there with with our theology sometimes. God's word reveals his nature, right? God's word reveals his character. God's word reveals his will to us. And so blessed, prospering, walking in good success is something we see all throughout the scripture. We could go on for days on scriptures, but time's sake, we kind of have to stop here. But God doesn't mind us having money. We have to settle that in our hearts and our spirits, but he does mind when money has us. So we have to be careful, right? We have to approach it with the right mentality. And this leads us to our last one that um, I believe it's actually one of the most important ones for us to get a hold of. We'll be talking about it all throughout the series. And the last mindset I believe we have to have to be on the same page as we enter into the series, number four, is our heart follows our money. Our heart follows our money. If we're going to get our money right, then we have to realize the strong connection between how we spend our money and our hearts. This one is what I like to call steps on your toes. Gets in your grill and your face a little bit, makes you a little uncomfortable. You're like, back up. God's like, no. Right? He leans in. You can smell God's breath in this one. Let's take a look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, he's teaching again, and he says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We could say it another way. Where your money is, there your heart will be also. Everyone take a swallow. That's a hard, dry one, isn't it? Where our treasure is, where our finances is, where our money flows, our heart goes. Whether we like it or not. You guys understand this principle, right? When you get invested in something, you stay interested in something, right? Like if you invested in a stock or some kind of fund, guess what? As soon as you put your actual money into it, you all of a sudden got interested, right? You maybe never been interested in that stock before. Over the years, Eric and I have invested in different things. And up until the point we put money in it, I didn't care about that company. I didn't care about what their stock price was or what the market was doing. I could give a rip. But as soon as I put my money in it, oh, now it's on my app. And, I pull my, and I'm checking it daily. How we do? Oh, wow, that's going the wrong direction. Made it for the long haul, bro. Right, right, Lord. Buy low, sell high, right? I ain't seeing any highs coming anytime soon, but come on now, Lord. Right? When we, when we invest, we, we get interested. Our, our heart is now engaged because our heart follows our money. Maybe you've been in a scenario where you bought a really expensive uh, sporting event ticket or a concert ticket, right? You could maybe care less about the team during the year, but you go, you buy, you spend your own hard-earned cash for this concert or this thing, and all of a sudden, that's the only game you care about. Yeah, well, we're going to the game on February 27th. We're, we're going to the game. <laughs> the only reason you care about it, you're a little anxious about it, is because you dropped a load on that ticket. And you want it to go well, you want them to win, you want it to be like, woo, right? Your heart 
follows your money. You, you plan a good vacation. Nothing wrong with planning a good vacation. But your heart is going to follow that down payment. It's going to follow that. Why? Because our heart follows our money. And, and we can't get away from this. God said it. I didn't say it. No preacher made this up. Jesus Christ said this out of his mouth. It's red letters in our Bibles. The Lord himself said this. So guys, how we spend our money and how we manage it is an indicator of what we value in our hearts. That is a tough one, right? Good news, don't worry. We're not gonna have a bank and credit card statement Sunday this month. But just go with me on this analogy. Everyone go home, come back next week and print out all your credit card statements for last month and all your bank statements. Right? Everybody, everybody bring them in. Full participation. If we, or maybe just pull it up in your app on your phone. We could do that right now. I'm not going to do that. In about a few minutes, we could go around the room. We don't like this. We don't like this preaching right now. We could go around the room and we could locate exactly where your heart is. I didn't say that. Jesus said that, right? The word of God said that. And, and, and it might be a little embarrassing. Let, let's just go with me, all right? There's no judgment in any of these categories. Wow, girl, you love Target. <laughs> According to last month's statement, your heart is with Target. Woo! Oh, Starbucks every single morning. Frappuccino is the way to your heart, dear sir. Home Depot. Yeah, well, home is where the heart is. <laughs> can definitely tell by this statement and how much you've given to that company. Now, now, wait a minute. Can I ask you a question? Who's Amazon? And why does your heart love her so much? Why is she showing up at your door with a new box every two days? Come on, let's just be real and honest, right? Who is she, right? Not to mention the less exciting areas our heart is. Who, who's consumers? And who's DTE? Who's the bank and the lender for your home note, right? Who's the landlord? I don't really love him, but I got to pay him anyways, right? Costco and Kroger and Aldi and Myers. Wow. Got to eat, right? Or sometimes the, the pieces of our heart that are really, really sad. Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover and Sally Mae, student loans, and oh, FanDuel, and DraftKings, and ESPN Bet. Let's be honest, where, where your money is, there's your heart. And so the reason, the reason why we're doing a four-week series on this is so much less about the dollar and cents it's because God cares so much about our hearts. And God wants our hearts, our whole hearts, above everything else in our lives. And where our money goes and where we spend our money, that's where our heart goes too. That's why this is such a big deal. That's why we need the Lord's help in this area of our life. That's why sometimes our mess of finances can be easily corrected if we just get our heart aligned. We're going to talk about some practicals and stuff as we go, 
But the majority of the thrust of this series isn't to tell you what to do or not do with your money. It's to say, God, where does my heart and the posture of my heart need to be when it comes to your money, which we learn, not my money? And what would you like me to do and how would you like me to manage it, maximize it, and multiply it for your kingdom purposes? Amen? And I believe in that place, God will meet us in that space. Because we know what the word says, out of our hearts flow all the issues of life. And so our marriage might be struggling right now, but guess what? I'm sure money stress is a part of it. And our job, and we're on, money is connected to our, our pay and our income and our earning, right? There, money stuff affects every other area of our life. And when we get our money right, come on now, God can move in some pretty supernatural ways. And I'm believing, and I want you guys to believe with me for some heart alignment this month, Amen. Just, Lord, your will be done, your kingdom come in my life, in my checkbook, in my marriage, in my relationships, in every area of my life. Lord, I want to trust you with this area of my life. Because when our hearts get in alignment, our priorities refocus and they get in line. And let's stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what he's speaking to each and every one of our hearts. We're all in a different financial season of our life right now. I get that. It's not a one-size-fits-all, but I know that God's word is applicable to every scenario and season. Amen? He can lead us and guide us into the truth. And so I just want to speak some stuff over you guys before we close here. I believe in the next few weeks, if we stay dialed in, if we stay leaned in, that God's going to show us how to have his blessing on our finances. I believe with all my heart that that God's going to realign some things with our money and with the priorities of our heart. I believe that God is going to show us how to get free of debt and how serious that is in our lives. I believe that God is going to teach us how to better manage what resource and tool he's already put in our hands. I believe God's going to use us to build his kingdom in our own lives, in our own families, but also in our community and to the ends of the earth. I believe God's going to break the spirit of mammon, which is the worship of a false god of money on our lives. I believe God's going to break the spirit of consumerism and greed and materialism in our own hearts so that it would free us up to be stewards of God's resources in a supernatural way. And here's what I know. When we do it God's way, he always pays. Payday doesn't always come with the Lord, but it comes. And he looks at our hearts to see where we're at. Someone say with me, just wait till I get my money right. Amen. Just, just wait. Father, just wait till we get our money right, what you could do in us and through us. Just wait. So today, just the warm-up. Just to warm up, it's just kind of getting us on. You didn't really talk about like how to do it, what should I do here, and how much should I be spending. We'll get into some of that, but again, we're, we're going to address the hearts. We're going to do some spiritual surgery and allow the outflow of that to hit our practical act application. But I pray, anybody else stirred up a little bit? I, I know I'm stirred up. Like, I know the Lord's doing something. Maybe you don't know what it is yet, but you're like, okay, all right, yep, we're going here this month. Maybe it's uncomfortable, I get it, but hey, let's just remember what we talked about today real quick, and then I'm going to close. Number one, it's not God's money. <laughs> Edit out. It's God's money, not our money. That's right. 
So what does that look like practically in your lives? Maybe, maybe you start applying this principle real basically in your life. Maybe on your way out to your car, no matter how blessed or not blessed you think it is, you thank God when you get in and say, God, thank you for this car. This is your car. When you roll up at your house or your apartment, God, thank you for your apartment. Thank you for your home that you've blessed our family with. Thank you for this couch. It was actually your couch. Right? Like, like just a perspective, just sometimes that's weird to say, but like it helps you release the grip on your stuff because it's not really your stuff. It's his, right? So maybe try that out. I was like, my wife drank my Mountain Dew. No, you drank the Lord's Mountain Dew. I didn't drink hers. I drank the Lord's. He, he said I could have it, right? It's like, no, well, that's how you get in a fight really quick. But allow you this mindset to, to get in you, to ooze in you, and just start saying, God, walked into this church today. I said, God, thank you for your building. Thank you for your people. They're not, you're not ours. You're not a lot. Like, you're God's people. Lord, give me a word for them today. It's not God's money. It's, it's our money. Number two, money isn't evil. It's a tool. So allow God to set you free for some unhealthy mindsets when it comes to money, right? Start acknowledging that the, the money you earn is a tool to use, not a toy to play with. Sometimes we like to play with money. We get to do whatever we want over here. It's a tool that we bring to the Lord and we honor him. We say, God, how would you want me to do this? Now, he wants us to have fun. He wants us to be blessed. He don't mind us. Number three, God doesn't mind us having money. Amen? Some of you just need to like, okay, it's a little uncomfortable for me for how I grew up and all that, but God is okay with me having money. He just doesn't want to have money, money to have me, to have my heart, right? So allow God to practically move you through. Maybe, maybe you ask some questions. Is, is our trust in God or is it in our employer? Is, who's our source? Is God our source or is our paycheck our source, right? Like some simple questions that we can ask. God wants you blessed to be a blessing and he's for you, not against you. Remember that, church. And lastly, our heart follows our money. Our heart follows our money. And so practically, one of the things, where do I start, Pastor? Man, if you want to really get serious about this, then have a, have a financial meeting. Have it, shoot, sometimes when me and my wife get together, have a financial summit. And in fact, have a financial three-day conference and invite yourself, free admission. Promo code, show up. And pull out your statements that we just so mindlessly check every now and then. Do I have enough? Whatever. And start to sit down and be like, how much are we spending here? How much are we spending here? Where is every dollar going? And ask some questions. Are the things that we're spending the most money on each month the things that we value the most in our hearts? Because oftentimes there's a couple things on there that take a biggest chunk. And we don't value those things. And the other harder question, if you really want some homework, is does God, his kingdom, and his church show up on the list ever? Or in what capacity? Where does that rank in value in all of our monthly and yearly expenses? That's a sobering, humbling question to ask. But again, our, our heart follows our money, Right? Ask the Lord maybe what potential adjustments we could begin to make. We'll help you along this way, but as we prayerfully ponder these things this month, I believe that God is going to do a supernatural work. Remember, he's for you. He's not against you. He's on your team. 
He's cheering you on. He wants what's best for his kids. And so Lord, forgive us of our ways, of our way we manage money, our, our thoughts, or our philosophies. We put it at your altar and we say, God, touch it, speak to it, bless it, rearrange it, align it, Get us focused on the things and priorities that you want us to get us focused on and let your kingdom come and your will be done in on earth, in our situation, in our finances, in our family, as it is in heaven. I can't wait till I get my money right. Someone say that with me. Say, I can't wait to get my money right. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you so much and we thank you for an opportunity to trust you this month to step out of the boat and walk on water. It might be uncomfortable. It might be rocky. It might be shaky. It might be like, whoa, never done this before. But Father God, we look to you in every area of our life. Lord, we want you to be Lord and we want you to be center and first. And so Father God, when money's on our mind, help us realize that, man, there's a proper way to view money and to relate with it and to use it to honor you and your kingdom purposes. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you that you're a God who wants us blessed. And Lord God, you have specific blessings so much. Oh, that the windows of heaven could be open over every person, every situation, over every marriage, every family, every financial situation. Oh, you want what's so good for your people. You want us to be blessed, to be a blessing. So Lord, help us do the hard work and the heart work to align some things in our life. If they're out of alignment, Holy Spirit, show us and help us have the courage to face those things and make adjustments, knowing that as it honors you and it honors your word, you watch over that to perform it. So Father God, as we take this faith journey with you this month, we're excited, we're expecting. Teach us, show us how to manage your money because it's yours. Show us how to do it. Show us where our heart should be. Show us how to prioritize it. Show us what your word says and show us what the promises that are attached to your word to encourage us and energize us and give us the passion and the drive we need to stick with your plan and not ours. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for moving in our hearts today and we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen. So.